chapter one part two of the life of washington volume five by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain state of parties mr genet appears to have been prevented from acquiescing in a line of conduct thus deliberately adopted and prudently pursued by belief that the sentiments of the people were in direct opposition to the measures of their government so excessive and so general were the demonstrations of enthusiastic devotion to france so open were their expressions of outrage and hostility towards all the powers at war with that republic so thin was the veil which covered the chief magistrate from that stream of malignant opprobrium directed against every measure which thwarted the views of mr genet that a person less sanguine than that minister might have cherished the hope of being able ultimately to triumph over the opposition to his designs civic festivals and other public assemblages of people at which the ensigns of france were displayed in union with those of america at which the red cap as a symbol of french liberty and fraternity triumphantly passed from head to head at which toasts were given expressive of a desire to identify the people of america with those of france and under the imposing guise of adhering to principles not to men containing allusions to the influence of the president which could not be mistaken appeared to mr genet to indicate a temper extremely favourable to his hopes and very different from that which would be required for the preservation of an honest neutrality through the medium of the press these sentiments were communicated to the public and were represented as flowing from the hearts of the great body of the people in various other modes that important engine contributed its powerful aid to the extension of opinions calculated essentially to vary the situation of the united states the proclamation of neutrality which was treated as a royal edict was not only considered as assuming powers not belonging to the executive and as evidencing the monarchical tendencies of that department but as demonstrating the disposition of the government to break its connections with france and to dissolve the friendship which united the people of the two republics the declaration that the duty and interest of the united states required that they should with sincerity and good faith adopt and pursue a conduct friendly and impartial towards the belligerent powers gave peculiar umbrage the scenes of the revolutionary war were brought into review the objects and effect of british hostility were painted in glowing colours and the important aids afforded by france were drawn with a pencil not less animated that the conduct of britain since the treaty of peace had furnished unequivocal testimony of enmity to the united states was strongly pressed with this continuing enmity was contrasted the amicable dispositions professed by the french republic and it was asked with indignation whether the interests of the united states required that they should pursue a line of conduct entirely impartial between these two powers that the services of the one as well as the injuries of the other should be forgotten that a friend and an enemy should be treated with equal favour and that neither gratitude nor resentment should constitute a feature of the american character the supposed freedom of the french was opposed to the imagined slavery of the english and it was demanded whether the people of america were alike friendly to republicanism and to monarchy to liberty and to despotism with infectious enthusiasm it was contended 
that there was a natural and inveterate hostility between monarchies and republics that the present combination against france was a combination against liberty in every part of the world and that the destinies of america were inseparably linked with those of the french republic on the various points of controversy which had arisen between the executive and mr genet this active and powerful party openly and decidedly embraced the principles for which that minister contended it was assumed that his demands were sanctioned by subsisting treaties and that his exposition of those instruments was perfectly correct the conduct of the executive in withholding privileges to which france was said to be entitled by the most solemn engagements was reprobated with extreme acrimony was considered as indicative of a desire to join the coalesced despots in their crusade against liberty and as furnishing to the french republic such just motives for war that it required all her moderation and forbearance to restrain her from declaring it against the united states mr genet was exhorted not to relax in his endeavours to maintain the just rights of his country and was assured that in the affections of the people he would find a firm and certain support these principles and opinions derived considerable aid from the labours and intrigues of certain societies who had constituted themselves the guardians of american liberty the manner in which that attention of the conduct of those invested with the power which is essential in balanced governments may safely be employed had been so misconceived that temporary and detached clubs of citizens had occasionally been formed in different parts of the united states for the avowed purpose of watching the conduct of their rulers after the adoption of the constitution some slight use was made by its enemies of this weapon and in the german republican society particularly many of the most strenuous opponents of the administration were collected democratic societies formed the force and power of these institutions had been fully developed and their efficacy in prostrating existing establishments clearly ascertained by the revolution in france the increased influence which they derived from corresponding with each other had been unequivocally demonstrated and soon after the arrival of mr genet a democratic society was formed in philadelphia on the model of the jacobin club in paris an anxious solicitude for the preservation of freedom the very existence of which was menaced by a european confederacy transcendent in power and unparalleled in iniquity which was endangered also by the pride of wealth and arrogance of power displayed within the united states was the motive assigned for the association a constant circulation of useful information and a liberal communication of republican sentiments were thought to be the best antidotes to any political poison with which the vital principle of civil liberty might be attacked and to give the more extensive operation to their labours a corresponding committee was appointed through whom they would communicate with other societies which might be established on similar principles throughout the united states faithful to their founder and true to the real objects of their association these societies continued during the term of their existence to be the resolute champions of all the encroachments attempted by the agents of the french republic on the government of the united states and the steady defamers of the views and measures of the american executive thus strongly supported mr genet persisted in his construction of the treaties between the two nations and in defiance of the positive determination of the government continued to act according to that construction the president was called to mount vernon by urgent business which detained him less than three weeks and in his absence the heads of departments superintended the execution of those rules which had been previously established 
in this short interval a circumstance occurred strongly marking the rashness of the minister of france and his disrespect to the executive of the united states the little sarah an english merchantman had been captured by a french frigate and brought into the port of philadelphia where she was completely equipped as a privateer and was just about to sail on a cruise under the name of le petit democrat when the secretary of the treasury communicated her situation to the secretaries of state and of war in consequence of which governor mifflin was desired to cause an examination of the fact the warden of the port was directed to institute the proper inquiries and late in the evening of the sixth of july he reported her situation and that she was to sail the next day genet calculates upon the partialities of the american people for france and openly insults their government in pursuance of the instructions which had been given by the president the governor immediately sent mr secretary dallas for the purpose of prevailing on mr genet to relieve him from the employment of force by detaining the vessel in port until the arrival of the president who was then on his way from mount vernon mr dallas communicated this message to the french minister in terms as conciliatory as its nature would permit on receiving it he gave a loose to the most extravagant passion after exclaiming with vehemence against the measure he complained in strong terms and with many angry epithets of the ill-treatment which he had received from some of the officers of the general government which he contrasted with the cordial attachment that was expressed by the people at large for his nation he ascribed the conduct of those officers to principles inimical to the cause of france and of liberty he insinuated that by their influence the president had been misled and observed with considerable emphasis that the president was not the sovereign of this country the powers of peace and war being vested in congress it belonged to that body to decide those questions growing out of treaties which might involve peace or war and the president therefore ought to have assembled the national legislature before he ventured to issue his proclamation of neutrality or to prohibit by his instructions to the state governors the enjoyment of the particular rights which france claimed under the express stipulations of the treaty of commerce the executive construction of that treaty was neither just nor obligatory and he would make no engagement which might be construed into a relinquishment of rights which his constituents deemed indispensable in the course of this vehement and angry declamation he spoke of publishing his correspondence with the officers of government together with a narrative of his proceedings and said that although the existing causes would warrant an abrupt departure his regard for the people of america would induce him to remain here amidst the insults and disgusts that he daily suffered in his official character from the public officers until the meeting of congress and if that body should agree in the opinions and support the measures of the president he would certainly withdraw and leave the dispute to be adjusted between the two nations themselves his attention being again called by mr dallas to the particular subject he peremptorily refused to enter into any arrangements for suspending the departure of the privateer and cautioned him against any attempt to seize her as she belonged to the republic and in defence of the honour of her flag would unquestionably repel force by force on receiving the report of mr dallas governor mifflin ordered out one hundred and twenty militia for the purpose of taking possession of the privateer and communicated the case with all its circumstances to the officers of the executive government on the succeeding day mr jefferson waited on mr genet in the hope of prevailing on him to pledge his word that the privateer should not leave the port until the arrival of the president the minister was not less intemperate with mr jefferson than he had been with mr dallas he indulged himself in a repetition of nearly the same passionate language and again spoke with extreme harshness of the conduct of the executive 
he persisted in refusing to make any engagements for the detention of the vessel and after his rage had in some degree spent itself he entreated that no attempt might be made to take possession of her as her crew was on board and force would be repelled by force he then also said that she was not ready to sail immediately she would change her position and fall down the river a small distance on that day but was not yet ready to sail in communicating this conversation to governor mifflin mr jefferson stated his conviction that the privateer would remain in the river until the president should decide on her case in consequence of which the governor dismissed the militia and requested the advice of the heads of departments on the course which it would be proper for him to pursue both the governor and mr jefferson stated that in reporting the conversation between mr genet and himself mr dallas had said that mr genet threatened in expressed terms to appeal from the president to the people thus braved and insulted in the very heart of the american empire the secretaries of the treasury and of war were of opinion that it was expedient to take immediate provisional measures for establishing a battery on mud island under cover of a party of militia with directions that if the vessel should attempt to depart before the pleasure of the president should be known concerning her military coalition should be employed to arrest her progress the secretary of state dissenting from this opinion the measure was not adopted the vessel fell down to chester before the arrival of the president and sailed on her cruise before the power of the government could be interposed on the eleventh of july the president reached philadelphia and requested that his cabinet ministers would convene at his house the next day at nine in the morning among the papers placed in his hands by the secretary of state which required immediate attention were those which related to the little democrat on reading them a messenger was immediately dispatched for the secretary but he had retired indisposed to his seat in the country upon hearing this the president instantly addressed a letter to him of which the following is an extract what is to be done in the case of the little sarah now at chester is the minister of the french republic to set the acts of this government at defiance with impunity and then threaten the executive with an appeal to the people what must the world think of such conduct and of the government of the united states in submitting to it there are serious questions circumstances press for decision and as you have had time to consider them upon me they come unexpectedly i wish to know your opinion upon them even before to-morrow for the vessel may then be gone in answer to this letter the secretary stated the assurances which had on that day been given to him by mr genet that the vessel would not sail before the president's decision respecting her should be made in consequence of this information immediate coercive measures were suspended and in the council of the succeeding day it was it was determined to retain in port all privateers which had been equipped by any of the belligerent powers within the united states this determination was immediately communicated to mr genet but in contempt of it the little democrat proceeded on her cruise in this as in every effort made by the executive to maintain the neutrality of the united states that great party which denominated itself the people could perceive only a settled hostility to france and to liberty a tame subserviency to british policy and a desire by provoking france to engage america in the war for the purpose of extirpating republican principles the administration received strong additional evidence of the difficulty that would attend an adherence to the system which had been commenced in the acquittal of gideon henfield a prosecution had been instituted against this person who had enlisted in charleston on board a french privateer equipped in that port which had brought her prizes into the port of philadelphia this prosecution had been directed under the advice of the attorney-general who was of opinion that persons of this description were punishable for having violated subsisting treaties which by the constitution are the supreme law of the land and that they were also indictable at common law 
for disturbing the peace of the united states it could not be expected that the democratic party would be inattentive to an act so susceptible of misrepresentation their papers sounded the alarm and it was universally asked what law had been offended and under what statute was the indictment supported were the american people already prepared to give to a proclamation the force of a legislative act and to subject themselves to the will of the executive but if they were already sunk to such a state of degradation were they to be punished for violating a proclamation which had not been published when the offence was committed if indeed it could be termed an offence to engage with france combating for liberty against the combined despots of europe as the trial approached a great degree of sensibility was displayed and the verdict in favour of henfield was celebrated with extravagant marks of joy and exultation it bereaved the executive of the strength to be derived from an opinion that punishment might be legally inflicted on those who should openly violate the rules prescribed for the preservation of neutrality and expose that department to the obloquy of having attempted a measure which the laws would not justify about this time a question growing out of the war between france and britain the decision of which would materially affect the situation of the united states was presented to the consideration of the executive it will be recollected that during the war which separated america from britain the celebrated compact termed the armed neutrality was formed in the north of europe and announced to the belligerent powers a willingness to acquiesce in the principles it asserted one of which was that free bottoms should make free goods was expressed by the governments engaged in the war with the single exception of great britain but however favorably the united states as a belligerent might view a principle which would promote the interests of inferior maritime powers they were not willing after the termination of hostilities to enter into engagements for its support which might endanger their future peace and in this spirit instructions were given to their ministers in europe this principle was engrafted into the treaty of commerce with france but no stipulation on the subject had been made with england it followed that with france the character of the bottom was imparted to the cargo but with britain the law of nations was the rule by which the respective rights of the belligerent and neutral were to be decided construing this rule to give security to the goods of a friend in the bottoms of an enemy and to subject the goods of an enemy to capture in the bottoms of a friend the british cruisers took french property out of american vessels and their courts condemned it as lawful prize mr genet had remonstrated against the acquiescence of the american executive in this exposition of the law of nations in such terms as he was accustomed to employ and on the ninth of july in the moment of the contest respecting the little democrat he had written a letter demanding an immediate and positive answer to the question what measures the president had taken or would take to cause the american flag to be respected he observed that as the english would continue to carry off with impunity french citizens and french property found on board of american vessels without embarrassing themselves with the philosophical principles proclaimed by the president of the united states and as the embarrassing engagements of france deprived her of the privileges of making reprisals at every point it was necessary for the interests of both nations quickly to agree on taking other measures not receiving an immediate answer mr genet towards the close of july again addressed the secretary of state on the subject in this extraordinary letter after complaining of the insults offered to the american flag by seizing the property of frenchmen confided to his protection he added your political rights are counted for nothing in vain do the principles of neutrality establish that friendly vessels make friendly goods in vain sir does the president of the united states endeavor by his proclamation to reclaim the observation of this maxim 
in vain does the desire of preserving peace lead to sacrifice the interests of france to that of the moment in vain does the thirst of riches preponderate over honour in the political balance of america all this management all this condescension all this humility end in nothing our enemies laugh at it and the french too confident are punished for having believed that the american nation had a flag that they had some respect for their laws some conviction of their strength and entertained some sentiment of their dignity it is not possible for me sir to paint to you all my sensibility at this scandal which tends to the diminution of your commerce to the oppression of ours and to the debasement and vilification of republics it is for americans to make known their generous indignation at this outrage and i must confine myself to demand of you a second time to inform me of the measures which you have taken in order to obtain restitution of the property plundered from my fellow-citizens under the protection of your flag it is from our government they have learnt that the americans were our allies that the american nation was sovereign and that they knew how to make themselves respected it is then under the very same sanction of the french nation that they have confided their property and persons to the safeguard of the american flag and on her they submit the care of causing those rights to be respected but if our fellow-citizens have been deceived if you are not in a condition to maintain the sovereignty of your people speak we have guaranteed it when slaves we shall be able to render it formidable having become free men on the day preceding the date of this offensive letter the secretary of state had answered that of the ninth of july and without noticing the unbecoming style in which the decision of the executive was demanded had avowed and defended the opinion that by the general law of nations the goods of an enemy found in the vessels of a friend are lawful prize this fresh insult might therefore be passed over in silence while a hope remained that the temperate forbearance of the executive and the unceasing manifestations of its friendly dispositions towards the french republic might induce the minister of that nation to respect the rights of the united states and to abstain from violations of their sovereignty an anxious solicitude not to impair the harmony which he wished to maintain between the two republics had restrained the president from adopting those measures respecting mr genet which the conduct of that gentleman required he had seen a foreign minister usurp within the territories of the united states some of the most important rights of sovereignty and persist after the prohibition of the government in the exercise of those rights in asserting this extravagant claim so incompatible with national independence the spirit in which it originated had been pursued and the haughty style of a superior had been substituted for the respectful language of diplomacy he had seen the same minister undertake to direct the civil government and to pronounce in opposition to the decisions of the executive in what departments of the constitution of the united states had placed certain great national powers to render this state of things more peculiarly critical and embarrassing the person most instrumental in producing it had from his arrival thrown himself into the arms of the people stretched out to receive them and was emboldened by their favour to indulge the hope of succeeding in his endeavours either to overthrow their government or to bend it to his will but the full experiment had now been made and the result was a conviction not to be resisted that moderation would only invite additional injuries and that the present insufferable state of things could be terminated only by procuring the removal of the french minister or by submitting to become in his hands the servile instrument of hostility against the enemies of his nation information was continually received from every quarter of fresh aggressions on the principles established by the government and while the executive was thus openly disregarded and contemned the members of the administration were reproached in all the papers of an active and restless opposition as the violators of the national faith the partisans of monarchy and the enemies of liberty and of france the unwearied efforts of that department to preserve that station in which the various treaties in existence had placed the nation were incessantly calumniated as infractions of those treaties and ungrateful attempts to force the united states into a war against france 
the judgment of the president was never hastily formed but once made up it was seldom to be shaken before the last letter of mr genet was communicated to him he seems to have determined to take decisive measures respecting that minister End of chapter one part two